Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. So glad that you are joining us. Brand new week, brand new opportunity for us to serve the Lord. And today, I want to kind of focus on the dads. We just celebrated Father's Day just a short while ago. And so hats off to all the dads out there. And, you know, I am blessed to be the father of five children. I have one child up in heaven, and uh, what a blessing it is to be a dad. Now, as I think about the heavy responsibilities of being a dad, I want to encourage every man that's listening to me who one day will be a dad, who already is a dad, uh, that God has a purpose in you being the leader of your home. Uh, Have you ever watched the series Little House on the Prairie? One of my favorite shows growing up, And one of the episodes that I remember, Charles and Carolyn, uh, that's the father and the mother in the show, they left their farm on the prairie and they traveled to Milwaukee. They were going to celebrate their 25-year high school class reunion. Well, they discovered that most of their old friends had become extremely wealthy and they were very sophisticated. So Charles and Carolyn felt totally out of place. And they discovered that their simple lifestyle just didn't fit in with high society. They felt out of place with a well-to-do crowd. But while their friends were well-off financially and appeared to be successful, it was also very apparent that they were very unhappy. They had unhappy marriages and, and were living empty lives. Well, at the end of the program, as Charles and Carolyn returned to their humble little house on the prairie, their little farm on the prairie. Their children bounded out of the house, delighted to welcome them home with hugs. And Charles remarks to Carolyn, Now, if that's not success, I don't know what is. And I think about what success is as a dad. You know, it's not about all the money that you can bring home. It's not about all of the material blessings that you have. And we thank the Lord for those things. But when I think about a successful dad, uh, do your children bound out of the house, delighted to see you when you come home? And if you live long enough to have grandchildren, do your grandchildren love you and respect you? Well, Moses wanted to teach the dads to be strong leaders within their homes. And so we're going to spell out the word dad today and tomorrow, D-A-D. What's a dad to do? Well, a dad should be devoted to God, and a dad should be committed to his relationship with the Lord. Letter A in dad would be the fact that dad should be advancing in truth. And then letter D would be that dad should be diligent. So devoted to God, advancing in truth, and diligent in leading. And we're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 6 today. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture. So let me go ahead and read verses 1, and then we'll go all the way down to verse number 9. Again, Moses is writing, and he's writing to his people who are preparing to go into the promised land. And he wants to give them some reminders. And so these are the commands, the decrees, the laws, the Lord your God has directed me to teach you to observe in the land as you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and your children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees, all of his commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. And then verse number three, this is called the Shamiah. 
Verse number three, hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey, so that it may go well with you, and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. And in verse number four, here it is again, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today, that will be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. What a powerful passage of Scripture this is. A constant reminder to us uh, that as leaders of our home, dads, we are to impress upon our children the commands and the decrees of the Lord. And so let's look at the first point today. We are to be devoted in loving God. You know, if you're devoted and loving God, you will be one who will be protecting your children from the evils of society. Moses made it very clear that as a dad, you are to direct your children. You're to teach them. Now, you can't teach your children the things of God if you don't have a devoted relationship to God yourself. I want to challenge every man, and I'm so glad that the church that I pastor has a good percentage of men within our congregation. You know, the average church in America is comprised mostly of women, and uh, nothing wrong with that, per se, but where are the men? The men are the leaders within the church. The men are the ones that are, uh, should be the solid foundation for the church. And so I want to challenge you as a man to be the leader of your home. Listen, you have a great influence over your family. I have spoken to literally hundreds and hundreds of inmates. I am serving as a chaplain at St. Bride's Correctional Center, and I've been serving as a chaplain at a correctional center for well over 20 years, and I've literally talked to hundreds and hundreds of inmates. One of the questions I will ask them, I will ask, how is your relationship with your dad? If your dad is still alive, do you have a good relationship with him? Did you know that nine out of 10 inmates that I talked to, 90% of them, have a very poor relationship with their dad. Now, that doesn't mean that dad is not influencing them. Even if you are an absentee father, you have a tremendous influence over your kids. That's why these guys, in many cases, are incarcerated, because they're following the footsteps of their dad. Their dad was probably incarcerated. Their dad uh, didn't take responsibility at home the way he should. And maybe his dad never taught him to take that leadership. And so it becomes a generational issue because they have never taken the spiritual leadership that they needed within their homes. And so they did influence their children, and they influenced them negatively. So dads, there is hope for you. You could be the trend setter. You can change the direction of your home. You can be the leader that you need. And maybe you're listening to me today and say, well, I never had anybody teach me how to be a leader. Listen, get into a good Bible-believing church, find some men in that church, uh, the elders and the deacons and the leaders of that church, and spend some time with them. We are doing a program called Malachi Dads at the prison, and it's a program that is designed to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the sons and the hearts of the sons 
back to the fathers, and it's a, an unbelievable opportunity. Now, if you're interested in possibly helping with this, I want to give you my phone number. You can give me a call, and if you live here in the Hampton Roads area, I'd like to talk to you about being involved in Malachi Dads. I'm looking for men, okay? Uh, nothing against the ladies, but I'm looking for men who are dads, who are successful dads, who are willing to teach the decrees of the Lord to inmates. So here's my number. You can call me or text me, and I'll get back to you just as soon as I can. 252-267-2365. 252-267-2365. Just say, hey, I'm interested in Malachi Dads, and I'll get back to you just as quick as I can. So as we look at being devoted and loving God, uh, that's protecting our children. Did you realize that? When you look at where our children are today, Augustine noted that as humans, we are desiring agents. And that is, we are full of longings, full of passions, and we want to be loved. And so what does the world do? The world gives us all kinds of mediums in which to have that longing fulfilled. You look at malls and stadiums and media and even thoughts and all that. The media is after our kids. And they're trying to have that longing that they have to be filled in a wrong way. There's an ad executive by the name of Douglas Atkins. And he notes that there's a transformation that has taken place in what is expected of a typical ad executive of any major corporation. And now just rather than, than being responsible for you know design and packaging and promotion, and the brand manager is now asked to create a meaning system for people through which they get identity and an understanding of the world. In other words, when I'm going to market something, when I'm going to advertise something, I'm going to do it in such a way that people will find identity and meaning from what I am trying to promote. So advertising is asked to introduce devotion by investing in products that will bring you meaning, or at least give you a perceived meaning. And so as we think about this, we are being bombarded with information that is dictating where we should find meaning. Well, what if that meaning is contrary to what God wants us to be devoted to? If we're not devoted and loving God, we're going to be drawn into things that are contrary to being devoted to loving Him. This is where dads come in. Dads are encouraged to teach our children the laws of the Lord that God has directed. Now, as we look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, you realize it comes right after Deuteronomy chapter 5. Did you know in Deuteronomy chapter 5, we are given the Ten Commandments? We are. We're given some warnings in Deuteronomy chapter 5, but we're also given the Ten Commandments. And there's a summary that is given to us. And let me quickly go over this so that we can kind of follow where Moses is going. These Ten Commandments, the first four of the Ten Commandments, all deal with our devotion in loving God. Look at the first one. The first command, you shall have no other gods but me. No other gods before God. He is to be the one that is worshipped. He is the one to be served. He is number one. No other gods before me. The second commandment, kind of follows up with that first one. And then Moses says, you shall make no graven image 
you shall make no idol of any kind, whether it be in the heavens or in the earth or in the sea, you must not bow down to worship them. So, nor the gods before me, number two, no idols, thou shalt not worship idols. And then number three, you must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. The Lord's not going to let you go unpunished if you take his name in vain. And then the fourth command, remember the Sabbath, observe the Sabbath day, keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. And then he gives a lot of extra teaching on that, saying that you're going to work for six days, you work hard for six days, but the seventh day is a day of worship, a day of rest. That is the day that you are to take a break and uh, you're to enforce this not only with yourself, but also with the servants that work for you, uh, with your family, with your animal, with, with your livestock, everyone having a sabbatical day of rest once a week. So all four of the first commands deal with our relationship with God. So being devoted and loving God by having him number one in our lives, no idols, uh, no taking the name of the Lord in vain. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. The last six commandments deal with our relationship with others, with humanity. Look at the fifth commandment. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord God has commanded you. Then you will live long, full of life in the land that the Lord has given you. So Moses is alluding to this in chapter number six, where he reminds us that we are to teach our children the commands of the Lord. And he tells us that there is a promise that goes along with that, that we will enjoy long life. So honor your father and your mother as the Lord God commanded you. Number six, you shall not kill. Thou shalt not commit murder. And number seven, thou shalt not commit adultery. Number eight, thou shalt not steal. Number nine, thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not lie. Number 10, you must not covet. And now notice that command, thou shalt not covet. Now, now that refers to your neighbor's wife. Not only your neighbor's wife, that's kind of already covered in not committing adultery, but Moses knows, and anybody who has a good mind realizes that adultery always begins by coveting something. You covet your neighbor's wife. Uh, he says, you must not do that, but it goes beyond that point. Not only do I not covet my neighbor's wife, I must not covet my neighbor's land, their servants, or their livestock, nor anything else that belongs to my neighbor. In other words, I don't wish I had what my neighbor has. I don't covet what they have. I celebrate the fact that God has blessed them, and God has blessed me as well. So I don't covet what others have. Now, if the first four commands are followed, the last six commands are much easier to observe. The last six commands will feel oppressive and heavy to carry if you're not following the first four commands. So there's a reason that this order of the commands are given in the way that they are. God knew that if our relationship with him is right, and no other gods before him, uh, no idols, no taking his name in vain, remembering the Sabbath and keeping it holy, if those four commands are in good standing in our lives, the last six come much easier, and we will live a long and a prosperous life that the Lord has given us. So the first step of being a great dad, 
is I've got to be devoted to God. Now, as we look at being devoted to God, we are given this responsibility really to protect our children. One of the reasons you should be so devoted to God, men, is because it sets you up to be a great protector of your children. Let me give you a couple of things that God expects us to protect our children from. Number one, I would say, would be discouragement. Colossians chapter 3, verse 21 says, Now, fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Now, Paul gives this command twice, right? He gives it here in Colossians chapter 3. Then he repeats it again in Ephesians chapter 6. Do not provoke your children to anger, lest they become discouraged. So one of the things as we look at protecting our children from discouragement is that I'm not going to provoke them. I'm not going to expect something that is beyond them. I'm not going to set them up to fail. I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to infuse them with courage, not provoke them. And then number two, not only do we protect our children from discouragement by not provoking them, but we also protect them from confusion. We're living in a day and age where there is much confusion, whether it be over identity, sexual identity, there's confusion over what is right and what is wrong. There is confusion over the biblical roles of men and women. There's a lot of confusion in our world today. We are to protect our children from the confusion that is offered in this world. Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. And now, the transliteration of this verse means that we are to train up the children in the bent that they have. In other words, God has designed our children with a particular bent, particular personality that is going to kind of guide them. But here we're given the instruction to train them up in the way they should go. In other words, clearly defined right from wrong, training them up in the way that they should go. And when we do that when they're young, when they're older, they're not depart. From it. In other words, they have a good foundation of what is right and wrong. They have a good understanding of what God expects from them. We will protect them from confusion. So don't let your children say, or don't have the mindset that I'm going to just let them do what they want to do. You see, most parents that are having trouble with their children as they get older did the opposite of what they should have done in parenting. And it's a tight-fist approach. So when your children are young, uh, you are very protected of them. And as they're young, you protect where they go. Uh, You protect who they hang out with. You protect who can be around them. Uh, You restrict them. You're very restricted of them as they're young because they're vulnerable. Now, we know that this is true when it comes to matters of protecting them from the germs, right? I remember when my first child was born and how my wife was so meticulous about everything being sterilized, everything being cleaned. And back then, we did kind of a combination of of nursing and formula because my boy was, uh, my oldest was 10 pounds, 8 ounces when he was born, 23 inches long. Uh, He was, he came out as a toddler, not as an infant, okay? And and so uh, when he was born, we did a combination feeding him. But I remember that was back in the day where you would take the bottles, right? And you boil them. 
and my wife was very meticulous that you had to boil them for three minutes or whatever to kill every germ off of the bottles. And, and, uh, and she would make me go through this ritual of making sure that every germ was removed. Uh, and, and we lived in a, in a sterile environment because we didn't want our son getting germs, right? As he got older, uh, we didn't worry about that, right? As he got older, his immune system was developed so that he could handle germs coming more his way. Uh, not that you're careless about that, but you realize as you get older, uh, you're able to fight off a lot of things. But when you're young, you got to be protected. The same is true when it comes to matters of discipline. When they're young, you hold them tight. And then as they get older, you begin to release that grip and you give them more and more freedom as they embrace more and more responsibility. What many parents do, unfortunately, is uh, when the kids are young, uh, they kind of say, well, okay, sirrah, sirrah, whatever's going to be is going to be. And they have a very you know, hands-off approach to their children. And then they turn into teenagers. And then they say, well, I want to clamp down on them. Now that my 16-year-old is running wild on the streets, well, you, you should have clamped on them when he was younger. Because once they get 16, 17, 18 years old, uh, it's harder and harder to uh, be able to clamp down on them. So train them up in the way they should go. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. There's something else that we need to, uh, to make sure that we protect our children from. And that is laziness. Ephesians 6, 4. This is the other passage that talks about not provoking your children. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. But then the rest of that verse says, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. And as we look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 1 talks about the fact that children are to obey and honor their parents in the Lord, for this is right. We get down to verse number 4. We have more of the responsibility of the father, making sure he doesn't provoke their children to anger, but brings them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, discipline always involves work. It always involves an action. It always involves moving, and it always involves something that is done consistently. Discipline and instruction of the Lord. So it's going to take a little work, right? And I find that the best way that I can instill a good work ethic in my children is by having a good work ethic. You know that by the age of six, most of your children's personality is already formulated. Some of their work ethic is already formulated. And so you want to begin when they're very young. And I'm not talking about doing unreasonable things with your kids. I'm talking about even as a five, six-year-old, putting certain responsibility on them uh, to do certain things, little things around the house, uh, so that they learn not to be lazy. Well, there's something else that we want to protect our children from, and that is sinfulness. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. Paul says, Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Now, don't touch the unclean thing, and I'll receive you. And I'll be a father to you, and you will be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord Almighty. I'll be a father to you, and you shall bear sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Now, as we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, we discover here that Paul is giving us some instruction from the Lord. 
that we should be separate from the world. You know, when you became a Christian, yeah, you were saved from your sins, but God saved you out of the world. He brought you out of the world into a new citizenship in heaven, a new relationship with the Lord. And as a result of that, you are different. We are different. And so when my kids were coming along, you know, sometimes it's not the most enjoyable thing to be raised in the the home of a pastor, but I would always tell my kids, listen, the expectations that I have upon you today is not because you're the pastor's kid, but because you are the, the son or the daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This expectation I have on you is the same expectation any parent who is a follower of Christ should have for their children. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Tune in tomorrow for part two of the joy of being a dad as we look at the responsibilities, the biblical role of being a dad. Now, if I can pray for you, if you're interested in helping with Malachi Dads at the local prison here in the Hampton Roads area, give me a call, 252-267-2365, 252-267-2365. And uh, you're welcome to text me. I appreciate those who have reached out to me already and spoke to me through text. It's been great talking to some of our listeners on the broadcast. I appreciate all of you listening today. Tune in tomorrow for part two, the biblical role of a dad. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. I look forward to talking with you on the broadcast tomorrow. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.